Welcome to Fiscal One-on-One. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a fiscal topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. The following interview was conducted on July 17, 2012. Deb Kozell of the Fiscal Services Division interviewed Tammy Kruzman, Executive Officer and Resource Enhancement and Protection Fund, or REAP, Coordinator, regarding the REAP Fund, types of programs REAP subsidizes, and REAP allocations. Hello, my name is Deb Kozell, and I'm a Senior Fiscal Analyst in the Fiscal Services Division and the Legislative Services Agency. Today I'll be talking to Tammy Kruzman of the Department of Natural Resources, which is often called the DNR, about the Resource Enhancement and Protection Fund, also known as REAP. Tammy has many duties at the DNR, but she is assigned as the REAP Coordinator, or the person that administers the program. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for coming in today to talk to us about the Resource Enhancement and Protection Fund, or also called REAP. Can you provide some background information on the fund? REAP was started by the General Assembly in 1989 for the enhancement and protection of the state's natural and cultural resources. We provide lots of money for projects throughout the state. I like to call it a quality of life program because a lot of the things that REAP does actually improves Iowa's quality of life through parks and trails, water quality, habitat, soil conservation. Can you provide some information on how the REAP gets funded? The REAP is currently funded through the state's Environmental First Fund, and that fund receives money from the Iowa Gaming Receipts. There's an additional source, license plates, which you probably see all over Iowa's roads. That's actually Iowa's top-selling specialty plate, about 38,000 plates out there. It outsells regions. We're pretty excited about that. So that brings in about half a million dollars to REAP in addition to whatever we get appropriated out of the Environmental First Fund. When REAP was enacted, the annual appropriation was to be $20 million per year, but because of other state priorities, it's gotten a little bit less than that, and this year it got $12 million. As a staff member of the Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Subcommittee, I know the amount of REAP varies from year to year. Prior to the year 2000, appropriations to REAP was from the general fund, but after the establishment of the Environment First Fund in 2000, REAP was funded from that fund. The REAP appropriations for next year, or fiscal year 2013, will be $12 million. Tammy, can you explain the types of programs that REAP funds? The funds go into eight different programs based on percentages that are specified in the code, which we like to call the REAP formula or the REAP pie, because it's often depicted in a pie chart. Prior to dividing up the, the fund, the $12 million, there are the top $350,000 goes to conservation education, and 1% of the REAP appropriation is set aside for administration of the REAP programs. You mentioned the conservation education funding allocation, and I was wondering if you'd give us some examples of what types of programs that funds. The conservation education program, or what we refer to as CEP, receives $350,000, the top $350,000. So regardless if we've got $20 million or $2 million, $350 would go to the conservation education program because it's such a pillar of teaching everyone about conservation at an early age. It's almost 100% grant. We have a little bit of money in there to help administer the grant. The grants go up two times a year, and they're really outcome-based grants. So we want to teach people about conservation. And so we want to teach students, we want to teach landowners. And so we really focus on not how many people we teach, but what we teach them and then how they apply that on the landscape or in their daily work. A couple of cool projects are, one, we've worked a lot with women landowners 
I know that's been a big issue in Iowa since a lot of women are landowners out there and, and they don't know about soil conservation and, and how to kind of protect this resource that they have and this huge asset that they have. So one of the grants that we've done is, is to have women who know about conservation to talk to some of those women landowners to help them fully understand the programs that are out there for them. Another cool one is up in Decorah, the high school is actually putting in an outdoor classroom, like a prairie classroom, and they're using iPads. Um, iPads are really good with disabled kids and handicapped disabled kids. And so they can use that. So they can use apps on an iPad to help identify bugs and plants. It's a great way to get those kids engaged in the outdoors when they otherwise wouldn't be able to. We do do a few little counting things though. So by our calculations, we've estimated about 930,000 Iowa students have learned about conservation. I was also wondering about the administrative expenses, that 1% that you talked about. I'm assuming that would be like supplies, postage, printing, other related expenses. Is that a correct assumption? Yep, it goes to all those things. One of the things I've been trying to take advantage of since I've been running the REAP program is trying to minimize the amount of printing and postage and things and trying to use our e-resources as much as we can. And so a lot of the money actually goes to getting the money in the right place at the right time. So getting the money out to the grantees when they need it, to the city so they can build their trails and parks and have their money to cash flow. And so a lot of our money is to do that as well as to pay for our public participation with the assemblies and Congress. Could you discuss some of the percentages that and the percentage allocations? About a third of the REAP pie or REAP formula goes to the DNR through the open spaces and state land management. And really, I generally lump those in together because what we do with those is we provide and maintain habitat for the public's outdoor and recreation use. So this is about managing our parks, making sure the toilets are flushing, that there are toilets, and that there's fishing jetties out there for fishing opportunities, and really trying to maintain some of this some of this infrastructure that we have out there so that the state, so the public can use it. We like to say that our parks become mini cities during the season, and so just like a city, there's trash collection, there's lots of things that have to be done, and there's a lot of impact that our parks get. And so REAP helps go in and help maintain those trails and try to fix up those things that just wear and tear from heavy use, which is fine. I also understand that the Soil Conservation Division in the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship receives a 20% allocation for REAP. Could you explain some of the programs or what that money is used for? So they get 20% and a lot of that is used for cost share available for landowners for soil conservation, wind breaks, buffer strips, just kind of the things that will help slow the water down and keep the soil on the fields. They also use it for urban stormwater management. So again, slowing the water down and filtering it as it goes into our bigger systems, making sure that we're covering kind of all the bases of Iowa with water quality and soil conservation. And then there's two allocations directly for cities and counties. One is the allocation to city parks and the other is a 20% for the county conservation grants. Could you give us some examples of what the money is used for the city parks allocation? The city parks is really a, a fun, fun part of the pie piece. 100% of this is for grants to cities. And it's really about getting people to go outside and do something other than soccer games and t-ball. So having cities establish parks that have really some outdoor open space for people to recreate in that's not just like an organized sport. We granted out to cities to three different sizes. We have small cities, which is less than 2,000 in population. The medium is 2,000 to 25,000. And then the large cities are greater than 25,000. So then we separate the money into those three pools. So that way you don't have cities like Cedar Rapids competing against Red Oak. So that way it helps do the playing field and so we have money set aside for each of those. And the amount that a city can get is 
varies on the size. A small city can only get 50,000, while a large city can get, you know, upwards of 250,000. It's very, very competitive. As everyone knows, city parks and rec and city managers are out there trying to provide these opportunities to their cities to give their citizens somewhere to go and be well and see their fellow citizens. So it's very competitive. We get about three times the request for every dollar that we have available to them. And so it's a very competitive fund. I spend most of my July talking to cities about how to develop good grant proposals and what would be a competitive and what would not. And so in doing that, we get some awesome, awesome projects that come through. And it'd be great to fund everything, but this is the world. We have a selection committee that is actually made up of city parks and rec managers. And they're the ones who score the grants, not me. And so these people have been handpicked by different associations within the state as well as their DNR director to make sure that they really pick the best of the best projects out there. I didn't realize that so many people were involved in this grant process. And is that similar process for the County Conservation Board grants as well? It's exactly almost the same. The County Conservation grants are a little bit less competitive because there's 99 counties but they don't have an upward limit of what they can request. One county could request the whole pot. They don't generally do that. I think they would get quite a bit of feedback from the other county should they do that. That's also very, very competitive. So that, that's a grant program that's available one time a year. That's August 15th is when those grants are due. And then there's a two percentage allocations left we haven't talked about for reef. And one is a 5% allocation to the state historical Society in the Department of Cultural Affairs. Can you give us some information on what type of programs that funds? That portion, 5%, is really about our cultural resources in this state. The elders of our communities are not hanging around much longer, and they are taking with them a lot of information. And so as we go through these next generations, you know, I always say those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And so with this program, we really look to try to archive some of these historic things that really help show what Iowa has done in the beginning of our statehood. So we do a lot of newspaper archiving so that way people can go back and look at that because a lot of those newspapers are just like in an old box in the back of a building somewhere and, and they're not in good condition. So we help to preserve those, get those on microfilm and get those in the archives. A lot with local museums to try to make sure that the people who live in the town know how the town was founded, who it was founded by, and, and what the cultural mix of those people were. It's a really interesting story, as well as working with some buildings, historic buildings, to help preserve them so there's a little bit of culture with our buildings. And then our last allocation we're going to talk about is 3% to the Department of Transportation. Can you just give us a little input on what that allocation is for? The roadside vegetation is one of the most visible parts of reef. You see it everywhere you drive. You see the prairie flowers, especially right now. If we had a little more rain, it would be more in bloom. But they are blooming everywhere alongside our roads. And this is really a great pillar of reef because it talks about before we were using gas to mow these right-of-ways, and now we don't mow them, so we save on gas, we save on time, on expenses for the state. They also filter the water, so we have a lot of big diversity of plants. So they, they filter the water as they go through. They take out different nutrients, so it helps clean our waterways, and they also increase the biodiversity of our areas. So we have better bugs, better birds, which you know makes for a better habitat. 
a lot of that is used for not only the roadsides, but for gateways for communities. So there's a grant program where communities, if they have a gateway or a welcome sign, can apply for grants to get some native vegetation. So you can highlight I was native vegetation and more of kind of a landscape application for a gateway, as well as alongside trails. You can get grants to seed um, alongside your trails. So as people are building the trails and they have now, they have 10 foot on either side that they have to do something with, they can throw some native seed down there. So as people are riding down the trail, they get to see some neat stuff. Okay, I mean, this has been a great overview of the REAP program and the funding. I can understand, it appears there's so many grant programs, that's why the public is so involved, and that's why it's such a popular program. Can you describe some of the ways the public does get involved? The public participation is a huge portion of REAP. As it was set up in 1989 in the enacting legislation, it was really about keeping REAP on top of what the public wanted for the state, what the public thought was the top priority. So we have committees in, in almost every county in the state where they meet and they talk about what priorities for grants, what type of priorities for projects. Every other year I go out across the state and hold 18 regional assemblies, it's a lot of public meetings, but it's really interesting. I did that round a little less than a year ago and we had about 600 people show up to these meetings and just enthusiastic about all the things that REAP does, about habitat, about water quality. And it was the number one issue over at every single assembly was water quality, soil conservation. The next issue, every single one, was also about providing opportunities close to people. They wanted to be able to recreate, get outside, fish, bike, walk, have a picnic near where they lived. And so those were the top issues that came up. And then at each regional assembly, we actually elect members to the REAP Congress, which happens every other year. And we actually were in the House chambers on January, the Saturday before the session started. And we were in there with you know the people most passionate about REAP in the state and talking about what we can do to make the program better, what can we do to provide recommendations to the legislature, which we provided that to as in form of a report, to the governor, as well as to the DNR and other state agencies about what are the top issues in the state, and again, water quality and providing resources close to the people. So you went to all these meetings. Do you have any interesting stories? or experiences you'd like to share? Actually, it was a really interesting time. I mean, one of the things about being on the road a lot is I actually went to a lot of the REAP projects that we had, so I got to go see the finished projects. A lot of times I get to read the applications and see these things as the community is visioning the project, and then I go there, you know, Charles City, I got to see their whitewater rafting course, which is just very, very cool. And then just going to these different places and seeing the impact on the community was really cool, whether it was a county project, a state project, or a local project, and then just, you know, being there in a Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And you know, there's 30 people there in a wow. town of 500 people. I mean, That's there's people who are retired out there walking and enjoying it. And so it, it really helps bring home when I get to sit, you know, behind a computer most of the time. It really brings home that these resources are important to people and that they use them. And then you said there were like 600 people that attended the Reed Congress? 600 people. And there was a good mix of people. It was, I would consider the traditional hunter-angler trapping groups. But a lot of city officials, a lot of trail enthusiasts, park enthusiasts, we had running clubs, bicycling clubs come because they use a lot of the trails and are really passionate about those things. We had, I think there was a swimming coach at one, a swim team coach, and then a lot of elected officials came as well to help show their support and help hear what the public had to say, and so that was good. Oh, the other group was a lot of educators because oh, of the CDP program. So it was a good mix of people talking about things, and so, and across the state, it was interesting that water quality and having areas near you were the top, but 
the discussion was a slightly different in every place, and it was really neat to see the regional differences around the state. I think we're more homogenous than I think we are sometimes. Well, this has been a great overview of the REAP program, and I was just wondering, is there, if people were interested in getting additional information, do you have a website we can go to? iowareap.com takes you right there. You can also access it through the iowadnr.gov site, but otherwise we've got more information than you could ever want to need on that site. One of the cool things about the site is we actually have every single county what REAP has given them in every single county. Well, that's good so there's a link to that. So it's a really transparent program. I work really hard to make sure that we get all this information out to people. And so if anyone wants to know what REAP projects have been done in their county, they can just go to that iowareap.com, click on their county, and then see what has been funded there. Okay, well thanks again for joining us today about REAP. Thank you. Thank you.